Let's continue then and get straight into our health talk. Dr. Richard Lessels is an infectious disease specialist at the KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform. Uh, he joins us this morning. Dr. Lessels, it's always a pleasure. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Kathy. Nice to speak to you again. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And and I suppose, you know, it's the first time that we're really having a conversation about COVID-19. I think when the numbers are as low as they are, where the restrictions are as low as, uh, you know, they, they have been over the last couple of weeks. You, do you find that the conversation around the disease has changed? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right. I mean, we're in a position that we haven't really been in for for a long time, and and I think people are starting to 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 look ahead and and see how we can uh, get back to to some normality in our lives. And I think more and more people are seeing the benefits of vaccination and how and how that plays a role, an important role in us in us getting back to that to that normality that we all want mm. there's been a concern about what will happen now dr lissels because before we knew that we were going into elections on the 1st of november there 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 were several experts or scientists rather who expressed concern about the fact that south africa could well experience a fourth wave uh, towards the end of the year whether it's december whether it's early january and that that fourth wave could well be driven by a new variant of of covid-19 now since then we've of course had the easing of restrictions etc where does that leave those projections and that modeling? I mean, I think the projections now are, 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 are difficult. I mean, they're always difficult, but they're particularly difficult now because, as you say, we don't really know uh, what might happen with the virus. But, but all the signs at the moment are that the, the Delta variant is still completely dominating. And I think most people expect that what we're going to see now is is kind of evolution of the Delta variant. Um, and, and so while we keep looking out for, for different variants, we're, we're, we're not really picking up anything um, that, that's causing alarm. And, and I think the other thing that, that makes things complicated at the moment is that we know the, the numbers of people vaccinated and, and the numbers fully vaccinated now are are, are going up. So one in four uh, people, uh, adults are fully vaccinated. Uh, one in three adults have, have had at least one dose of vaccine. And, and that is contributing, but also the, the, the kind of natural immunity in the population. So, so the people that have had an infection um, we know that that natural immunity is also protective against being infected again with the virus. And, and so all of that is, will be uh, working together to, to, to kind of help keep the virus at, at lower levels at the moment. Um, but our concern is always that, that we don't know how long that will remain the case. And, and we have to remain vigilant about about increasing transmission. 
it's an important issue that you're raising about how long the status quo in as far as the rate of infection and the number of people getting infected with COVID-19, how long that's going to last. Looking at the ways in which people are effectively allowed to gather now at public gatherings, different rallies, different meetings really taking place, um, is that likely to, 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 how is that likely to impact our rate of infection? Well, I think we'll find out. I mean, I, I think that we've, we've, we've known for a long time now that, that a lot of people gathering in, in close contact um, is a risk for, for transmission of the virus. But we also know that if that's happening outdoors, as, as many things at this time of year w- will be, then that risk is somewhat lower. And we also know that if the levels of, of virus in the, in the community are low, then obviously the risk of, of people gathering together is, is lower because there's a, there's a lower chance that somebody in that gathering or several people in that gathering will, will have the virus. And so it's a very different situation to, to where we've been in earlier this year when, when the the, the, the kind of levels of virus in the mm. community were, were much, much higher. So there will always be risks to, to, to large gatherings. Um, but if we continue to take sensible precautions about gathering outdoors as much as possible, still wearing masks, then, then we can limit those risks. So, so Dr. Lessels, you know, one of the difficulties that arises, and I suppose in my comment, it's really taking into account the totality of, of this period and not just based on the last couple of months. But the reality is that we have had instances, even with it's gathering outdoors, we've come from a place in this country where people weren't even allowed to be on the beach under COVID-19. That was part of of the legislation. Yes, you know, more people are allowed to gather now, but you're allowed to have about 2,500 people gathering in a public space. And yet you still have very strict limitations on funerals. Both of these events happen outdoors. So why does one get the impression that there is a, a contradiction when it comes to how some of the the approaches to to these restrictions are being made and 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 you can respond to that you know from the perspective of of yourself as 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 a, a, you know as an expert who deals with infectious diseases why is it that you know y- you can be outside and have more people allowed for certain gatherings and not for others, even if they're all taking place outside. Well, I, I, I mean, I think you're right to point this out. I mean, I think there there have there have been inconsistencies in in the in the in the recommendations in in what's allowed and, and what's not allowed. But I don't think South Africa is unique in that. I mean, I think in many countries there there have been kind of inconsistencies in the guidance and and to some extent that's that's kind of different interpretation of of the evidence and and or the lack of evidence around certain things 
Um, I, I never personally saw the 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 real need to to kind of restrict access to to beaches and things. I I, I never saw any evidence that there was a lot of transmission happening in, in people uh, in, on, on the beaches. Um, but we also have to recognize it's sometimes not thinking of the exact scenario, people being on beaches, but, but people gathering um, afterwards um, in, 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 in indoor spaces or people gathering in, in transport to get to the beaches. So it's always a little bit more complex than, than just what appears at face value. But I, I, I mean, I think everybody would agree that, that there are some inconsistencies. Um, and, and, and as a scientist, I, I, accept that. I mean, I may not like it, but I accept it that, that I mean, politicians are, are in place to, to, to make decisions. And, and that doesn't always just take into account the science, it takes into account other things. And, and I accept that sometimes those things will be uh, maybe things I don't agree with, or, or maybe inconsistent, but um, I, I, I that that's how these things are you know as we're speaking dr lessels i'm i'm watching these live pictures and and they're coming through uh to us from bombela they're on sabc tv and you have a group of people that have gathered for what seems like a protest right now the yeah. only person that i can see in this picture of dozens of people who is wearing a mask is the sabc reporter everybody else <laughs> Uh, you know, some of them have a mask around their chins. Others uh, don't have a mask in inside. And so one of the questions that we consistently have to deal with is why does it seem that the threat of COVID-19 is less severe now than at other times in the past 18 months that we have been through? I mean, I think this is the challenge that we've that we've had all along. I mean, the, I mean, the fact is we 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 track the epidemic so closely, so so we still see the kind of daily figures, the daily numbers of cases, and and so we so people know that the numbers are going down, and they're now at the at the lowest level uh, for for a long time, and. And so it's understandable that then people consider that the the risk is less, and and that they may take a decision to 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 not follow some of the the guidance. And I think that that it's critical that we continue to get across the message that actually this is the time when these things are more important because we want to keep the virus at this low level, and and to do that we all have to maintain those behaviors and maintain the, the mask wearing as much as possible um, to keep things at, at that low level. Because what we've seen before is, is when we don't do that, uh, we, get, we get this resurgence and, and, and we don't have a long period of time like now at these low levels. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge that we're we're tracking the epidemic, we're seeing the numbers being very low. And so naturally, um, th there's an inclination to, to relax and, and to, to take fewer precautions. Uh, but actually, we need to, to do our best to, to, 
uh, still modify our, our, our behavior as, uh, where we can uh, to reduce the number of contacts we have, to reduce the gatherings in, in indoor spaces mm. with poor ventilation. Okay, we're in conversation with Dr. Richard Lessels. He's an infectious disease specialist at KwaZulu Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform. This is at UKZN, the University of KwaZulu Natal. I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. Let me kick it off with Prophet OJ. Prophet OJ, you're calling us from Mahikeng. Good morning to you. Good morning, Chessy, and good morning to your listeners. I love you, and I love them. I love your guest as well. Uh, the reason why I have to love people is that love is the number one booster of the immune system more than any other thing under the sun. Um, my first point or question here is that uh, uh, since the immune uh, the immunity of people differs from one person to the other, just like a fingerprint. Uh, why does it not seem to be uh, important for the authorities and scientists uh, to to disclose or educate us on the ingredients of the vaccines? Because at times uh, you find that one of the ingredients in the vaccine uh, does not occur well with the immunity of my body. And uh, when my body reacts differently, uh, it causes me unnecessary uh, side effects or even death at the end of it all. When Sapra says it is not uh, the vaccine that, that, that can cause death, but the reaction of my immunity, because it is different from that of Casey and from that of uh, a doctor, why can't we have uh, the list of ingredients uh, in the vaccines so that I can decide. I know my body, I know my, my immunity more than any other, other, other person, so that my decision to take a, a, a jab should be based on the understanding of what my immunity can take and what my immunity cannot take. And then secondly, uh, I think uh, the, the collapse of the health systems in the country and, and, and elsewhere is that which gives uh, the pandemics like COVID Anyway, because I think if the COVID-19 found uh, uh, health systems very hospitality is lifted up in, in, in all health services and panic disorder is dealt with and immune system empowerment is raised, uh, I think COVID-19 will find it very difficult uh, to do, uh, to do, to go away with this thing. And then uh, lastly, uh, uh, natural immunity does not seem to be placed uh, as, as a priority. Instead, vaccination has been placed as the, the priority. In my own uh, thinking and, 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 and looking at things, as a divine scientist, there, there are human scientists and there are divine scientists. My divine scientist university in the spiritual realm has taught me that natural immunity uh, should be the way uh, above vaccination. Vaccination is a temporary measure while natural immunity is the one that can take us to uh, uh, head or population immunity. All right. And then my last, que my last question to the uh, doctor. Pro pro Prophet, Prophet, the very, Prophet very OJ, so let me give him an opportunity to respond to some of the questions you've already asked, and then we'll get to the last one, because I don't want it to become too much. Uh, Dr. Lessels? 
Yeah, thanks, Prophet OJ. I, I, I think I missed a little bit of the middle point, but if I take the first and the third points together, I think you make some excellent points and, and, and questions in, in what you say initially, that, that everybody's immune system is a bit different and, and the immune response, both to infection with the virus and to the vaccine, uh, differ between different, different people. I didn't quite get your point about needing to see the ingredients of the vaccine and then making a decision as to as to which one would best suit you as an individual. I, I don't quite understand that point because we don't really we don't individually understand our immune system and 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 how it's going to respond to to a vaccine. We we only really understand when we do studies to look at say a large group of individuals and we can see that their immune response is somewhat somewhat different. I think that your point about natural infection is, is something that's discussed a lot. And I don't think that we do dismiss it. I think you, if you heard the, the opening where Kathy and I were discussing, we were saying that, that the levels of natural in, immunity will be contributing to, to the situation we're seeing at the moment. The problem is that natural immunity is not a strategy. It's not something that you want to happen because that means a large number of people getting infected. And that means what we've seen here in South Africa, unfortunately, a large number of people dying. So it's not a strategy to prefer natural infection over vaccination. It's perfectly understandable to, to, to understand that natural immunity offers protection to, to people, uh, and that will add to the protection from the vaccine. But it comes back to your first point, Prophet, that, that even with the natural immunity, people's immunity differs. Some people will have strong natural immunity. Others have much weaker natural immunity. And we don't know, we, it's very difficult to predict who is who. And what we do know is that if you get vaccinated, after infection, then you get a very strong boost to your immunity. And so we fully recommend that even when people have that natural immunity from, from a previous infection, that they still get vaccinated because they're going to really strengthen the protection that they have uh, against getting sick and, and, and dying from COVID in the future. Okay, Dr. Lessos, I'm going to ask you to just pause uh, pause the rest of your answer there. It's 11.30. Luanda Maume standing by with the latest news headlines. We'll continue uh, the conversation with Dr. Lessos. Many of you getting in touch with us, and we'll try and make time for as many of those calls as possible. Luanda, it's over to you. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. 
we continue the conversation on the talking point. And for our health talk today, we're focusing on COVID-19 and really the opportunities for for you to ask any related questions when it comes to health or even the vaccines. Dr. Richard Lessels is our guest for today. Uh, I'm going to continue taking your calls. You can also send your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 and on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag is SFM Talking Point. Buntu, you're calling us from Mafiken. Good morning. Morning, Kathy. Uh, morning, Doc. Um, yeah, uh, my question is around the topic. Uh, I came across a media uh, statement or press conference by the former health minister, Dr. Zalim Kize. And what I found interesting is that in his media presentation, he says, I quote, the only way South Africa could get this vaccine was to register an implementation trial which does not deal with the issue of safety. It's just to see what happens after people have been vaccinated. I haven't taken the jab, but when I came across this, I couldn't help but think that are we not being what lab tested? Because if the Minister of Health can go on national TV and say that it's a trial, it doesn't deal with the safety. How am I any better off vaccinating rather than just eating correctly exercising and keeping myself versus, uh, like the prof actually said earlier, uh, building up a natural immunity, rather. Okay. Dr. Lessels? Okay, do I, I, I'm not sure I know the exact press release that you're talking about, but it sounds like you're talking about this Sisonki uh, study uh, that that uh, allowed us to get the, the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine to, to give to the healthcare workers back, back in February. And um, I'm not sure exactly what it said, but that's it's not correct that that, that study wasn't looking at safety. The Sisonki study has uh, looked rigorously at, at safety. That was one of the key parts of the study to look at how well the vaccine worked in it's so looking at effectiveness of the vaccine and looking at the safety of the vaccine and the Sisonki team have released results uh, from that and and there are more results going to come and and they have kind of added a lot of information to what we know from the worldwide use of 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 that vaccine and the vaccines in general that that overwhelmingly these these vaccines are safe um uh and and so I, I i think it's not correct to say that it that that study didn't look at safety and it's also correct that that as these vaccines are being given now in the general rollout so not in the sisonki study we are also tracking the safety in in of the vaccines in the general population and and there's a lot of work going on to when people report side effects, um, there's a lot of work going on to, to investigate those and to understand um, whether we're seeing any new side effects, any different side effects that haven't been reported anywhere else. And again, those data are very reassuring that, that, that overwhelmingly these, these vaccines are safe. Bundu, does that answer your question? 
yes, it does. But uh, one last question. I'd like to know where can I report side effects? Because, um, like I said earlier, I haven't taken the jab, but I did accommodate my grandmother for the Pfizer. And I've never seen something like this. She went on for a good five to seven weeks with different symptoms after having taken the second jab. So I'd like to know where can I report her specific uh, reaction after the second jab that she experienced. But I was there with her because for every time something else happened, I would have to take her to the GP or I would have to be there with her to assist her to try to deal with uh, whatever it is that she was facing mm. from vomiting to diarrhea to stomach pains uh to a leg pain to just so many things uh week after week after she had taken the second jab but okay. yeah i'd like to know just where i can report uh side effects that are supporters are a bit more compared to the common ones that have been reported mm. okay Th- thank you thank you for that ubuntu uh dr lessels yeah, so I, I don't know whether you have uh, good internet access. Um, the, the, the easiest way is to download the Med Safety app um, and either yourself or the, or the GP uh, can report those side effects through the Med Safety app. Um, there are other ways if you don't have access, if you don't have a, a, a smartphone, there is a phone line that you can, can phone. Uh, the easiest thing is, if you can, is to go on the SAPRA website and then look for links uh, there as to how to report adverse events following vaccination. And I, I can send the various links and, and things to, to, to Kathy and her producers to, to share uh, later on the show, if, if that's helpful. Mm. Uh, I think that will absolutely be helpful, Dr. Lessels, and uh, uh, the team will then put it up on our social media page uh, so that it's easily yeah. accessible for people. One of the things that Buntu was talking about, and, and you know, I've heard this from a couple of colleagues who have been speaking about spasms, either, you know, spasms in part of their limbs, uh, whether it's their arms or legs, after uh, having gotten vaccinated. Do you know if, if that is an associated side effect at all? I haven't heard specifically about spasms. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, it's 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 not uncommon to get kind of chills and sometimes the the, the kind of shivering, shaking, the 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 rigors you can get after in the short period after vaccination. But those kind of muscle uh, cramps or spasms, I've I've not heard of and. I, I would have to look in more detail to see if if that's something that's that's being commonly reported. Mm, okay, all right. Thanks, Dr. Lessels. Erastus, you're calling us from Whitbank. Good morning. Good morning to you and the doctor. Mm. Katie, question number one. The ingredients of vaccine, our bodies react differently. But the most important one, I think, is this. Scientists get invited professors into your shows and you see them on television because we need more information. We understand this is a catastrophe for the entire world, not only for South Africa. We're expecting the scientists to assist us so that we can make informed decisions. Now we'll have Professor Mushabela on national television with Sakina in the morning 
telling us that there is uncertainty about infidelity and so forth. Then the same question comes to him in the week. Then he starts rubbishing the doctors, saying that doctors are not, uh, what you call, are not scientists, they are, they are, they are a clinician. They have no uh, space in commenting about, about, about these things. Now, we have people, uh, uh, what you call, sorry, Rahadi, who are not educated, who doesn't have access to radio, doesn't have television and so forth, who rely on Katie or Erastus to ask, hey, what do you think of vaccine? Is it okay if I do this and that? So we who are listening to the radio have access to other media, what you call. We must be able to advise those people accordingly. But if you're going to have a medical doctor, I mean a scientist, who is going to say to people who are listening and say, uh, uh, those who think that there will be a problem with infidelity, they must just bring a shred of evidence. We are not scientists. He is the scientist. He is the one who's supposed to give us evidence so that we can make informed decisions. And if they don't know about something, they must tell us that we are still going to research and come up with answers. Rather than saying that the medical doctors are clinicians that can say this, they can say they must give us a good, uh, what you call, answers mm-hmm. so that we can make an uh, informed decision. Okay. All right, Erastus. Thanks for calling in and making that point. I think I'll also allow Dr. Lessels an opportunity to weigh in, even though we don't know the exact circumstances under which um, Professor Mashabela was specifically uh, speaking about. We'll take a a quick break and then I'm back with Dr. Lessels and more of your call. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue our health talk today. We're talking COVID-19 and uh, all related matters, really the health uh, aspect of it, uh, the scientific aspect of it. Dr. Richard Lessels is the one joining us. Uh, Dr. Lessels, I don't know if you have a specific response to um, Erastus in terms of some of the issues where perhaps there isn't conclusive evidence about and how we we manage those questions that are coming through from the public and, you know, how you as 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 experts in this field are actually navigating that space. Yeah, thanks, Erastus. I mean, I think, I, I, as you say, I, I, I didn't see Prof. Moshebella this morning, so I, I don't know exactly what he said, but Prof. Moshebella is a, a good friend and, and colleague here at, at UKZN, and, and he communicates very clearly on COVID, and, and he does also communicate when there is uncertainty, and, and that is a strong point, and it's something that we haven't maybe... Uh, done well enough throughout this pandemic is get across to people when there is uncertainty, when we when we don't yet know about something, uh, and and that's important that we don't always have the answers, and 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 it takes time to 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 do the science to get the answers to certain things. But on the specific point you're making about, which I believe was about infertility, Erastus, I think that there we we do have certainty. There's absolutely no evidence that that any of the vaccines cause infertility. And I I think we have good confidence now in in saying that. There there are, of course, over 6 billion doses of vaccines now administered around the world. And, and there's absolutely no evidence from anywhere uh, that the vaccines cause infertility. So I think we should all be, be reassured by that and, and know that that's something where we, where we really do have much more certainty now than, 
than maybe several months ago when mm. when when the vaccines were first introduced. Okay, Dr. Lessels, I've got plenty of callers, but also lots of voice notes, uh, voice note messages coming through for you. So I'm just going to take uh, a couple of WhatsApp voice notes as well before I continue with the calls. Uh, I'll play one voice note and then you can respond directly after. I'll be taking. I'll see. How are you? I'd like to greet you and the guest. Can you please ask the guest for me this question? If COVID-19 vaccination works, and if we are saying to the public, go and vaccinate, that the only way we can get rid of this COVID, then why was it that the 2,000 people whom were invited to grace the soccer field when South Africa was playing yesterday. Why were there guidelines, whereas all those people were vaccinated? Why do you still say people who are fully vaccinated need to still follow the guidelines and you stop them from singing and you stop them from using the same vuvuzelas? Um, Does this mean that we are not sure about this, this, this vaccine? Yes, Dr. Lessels, you can go for it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was no finished. No problem. Uh, so, uh, no, I, it, it certainly doesn't mean that, that, that the vaccines don't work, but, but it's a good question. Um, it, it, what we know is that the vaccines work primarily to protect you against severe disease and death, um, and that they do extremely well. They, they, they offer very high levels of protection. We know that they also reduce the risk that you get infected at all and, and that you spread the virus. But they do this slightly less well. But the, 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 this is one area where people think in absolutes. They think either the vaccine works and stops the spread or it doesn't work. But the truth is it's in between. The, the vaccines will reduce the risk of you getting infected and reduce the risk of you uh, contributing to the spread of the virus. But because it's not 100%, we still advise that if people are going to be in, in situations where the virus may spread, that they continue to use the, the other measures. And that means mask wearing, um, and as you say, avoiding, avoiding certain things that might um, contribute to spread of the virus. So it's, it's very consistent and it's very clear why we're doing that. Morning. Okay, let me put it to your case that the type of uh, uh, immunity that we acquired from uh, the virus itself has put us at uh, level one currently. So it was actually natural immunity from infections with the Delta variant, which is estimated to be around 80%, hence the lower levels of uh, uh, COVID-19 infections that we're seeing in the country currently. It was not uh, attributed to, to the vaccine. Our greatest threat uh, coming forward is another variant, and we don't know whether immunity acquired either naturally or from the vaccine is gonna be able to hold forth against uh, the uh, next variant that comes, not in my respect. Yeah, I, I, I think that comes back to the discussion that Kathy and I had at the beginning. Uh, I, I, I think that that you're you're not wrong. Um, the 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 
immunity from the vaccine is working together with the natural immunity in, in the community, in the population, uh, to keep the virus transmission at, at quite low levels at the moment. But, but you, as you say, there, the, the risk is that uh, we could see the virus evolving and, and we could still see further resurgence. And, and so it's critical that, um, that those people who haven't yet been vaccinated um, whether they've had a prior infection or not had a prior infection, we still encourage all of you to go and get vaccinated as soon as you possibly can. All right. Thank, th thanks for that, Dr. Lissell. So we'll go back to the phone lines and continue taking uh, the calls who are joining us on the line. I'm just going to ask the callers if you can try and keep uh, your questions as short as possible. Sheikh, you're calling us from Richards Bay. Good morning. Short as possible. Sheikh, you're calling us from Richards Bay. Good morning. Good morning, Cathy uh, and the listeners and uh, to the guests there. Uh, I just wanted to know, what the vaccine actually consists and why do we have to take two doses? And the other thing is that I've heard in some other countries they are going for the third one. So we are being told uh, that the vaccine is not good enough because we have to take number one, number two, and then we have to go for the third one probably. And I think we might have to continue to doomsday. This is my opinion. This is my thought. Thank you very much. I'll hear on the radio why we have to take the, so many and what it consists of. No problem, Sheikh. Dr. Lissels? Yeah, there seem to be a lot of people this morning asking for the, the, the specific ingredients of the vaccine, which, which is somewhat odd. I, I don't know um, what people really want to, to, to see there and un understand. Um, in terms of the, the number of doses, I, I, I don't think that's the right way of interpreting it, Sheikh, that, that um, because we need two or potentially three doses, that that means the vaccines don't work. It, it's perfectly normal for, for uh, vaccines to require more than one dose. You know, from the, the vaccines we give to children, many of those are uh, given multiple times. Uh, the hepatitis B vaccine that I've had as a healthcare worker, that, that's given in three doses. So what we are what we're understanding about these vaccines is that they're not all the same. Um, and we're trying to understand what the correct kind of number of doses is and the timing of those doses is for each of the vaccines. At the moment, it's still recommended that the Johnson & Johnson is a single dose vaccine and that that gives you very good protection and the Pfizer is two doses. Um, but it's certainly true that, that, that there are now recommendations that for certain groups of people, uh, people who may not have a strong immune system, um, they may need an extra dose of the vaccine. And it may be in time that other groups particularly the elderly uh, or healthcare workers, we may also recommend that they get an extra dose. But it's the wrong interpretation to see that as, as meaning the vaccines don't work. The correct interpretation is to, is to say that what we're doing is we're trying to enhance the protection across the board for, for all the people who receive the, 
the, the vaccine and we're trying to give the best protection we can mm. against this deadly virus. Earl in Cabeja, good morning to you. Good morning. Yes, hi Earl. Hi, good morning to you, Kathy, and good morning to the doctor and to the listeners. You know, I've got a, an issue concerning the vaccinations because, you know, the Constitution states emphatically that no one will be forced to be subjected to any medical or scientific experimentation without their consent. So, you know, from what's been said and what we hear all the time, there's this forcing in narrative that's been given to the public and must take the vaccine, get the jab, you know, and we hear this 24-7, non-stop, all the time, everywhere. And we understand, you know, the dangers of, you know, getting the virus and everything like that. But the whole narrative, it should be addressed from the constitutional point of view. And the other thing that disturbs me terribly is that when somebody like myself, for instance, queries the legality of that, we classified, you know, as being conspiracy theorists, which is absolute nonsense. Because from what I understand the law, when it says you've got to have informed consent, informed consent means that you've got to be educated as to the pros and the cons of receiving that vaccine before you receive it. So I also don't understand why, you know, uh, people that are um, anti-vaxxers, let's put it that way, aren't allowed to speak on the shows. Okay. So, 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 Earl, you, you're in an area that's a bit windy, Earl. I don't know if you're able to turn away from the wind uh, because it is interrupting the quality of audio that we're getting from you. The, 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 the thing that really matters most is even, you know, this morning it was stated on SAFM that... Um, well, what is wrong in being forced to have a vaccination? That's what Stephen Frutus said. So how can you force people to have a vaccination when it's against the law? Mm. Okay. Okay, uh, let me give Dr. Lessels an opportunity to respond to you. There was a bit of it that we missed, yep. like I said, because of the wind. But uh, Dr. Lessels, I think you get the gist of what he's saying. Yeah, I think I heard most most of Earl. I, uh, thanks, Earl. And and obviously, as Kathy said, this is something that that could take up a whole a whole hour long show or 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 longer. Thinking about the the vaccine mandates and things, I interpret it slightly differently from you, Earl. I don't see this as being forced to take the vaccine. Um, the 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 principle of informed consent remains there, and if people make an informed decision not to receive a vaccine, they will, they will be able to do that. And, and that's the situation at the moment. What is clear is that that may limit um, what, what they're able to do to some extent. So it may limit um, their ability to, to go into certain spaces where there's a risk of high risk of virus transmission. Um, and and, and that 
there may be issues around workplaces and, and employers and, and, and vaccine mandates. And it may mean that people um, have to, for example, do weekly testing at their own cost or, or something like that. So I think this is something that still needs discussion and, and, will, and will be worked through in time. But I, 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 I don't see it as people being forced. People can still make an informed decision. But what we see now and, and what is very reassuring is, is that more and more people are getting confidence in these vaccines. They're seeing that they're safe. They're seeing their family and friends getting vaccinated. Um, and they're seeing the benefits of vaccination. And I think that we're, we're seeing that with the, with the numbers now. Uh, with a, around a million doses every every week again, that that, that people are uh, gaining confidence, and and that's good to see. All right, uh, we're going to wrap it up with Trevor. Trevor, you're calling us from Mahikeng. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for taking my call quickly. I'm a first time caller, but regular listener. I'm still adamant. I need to know exactly what are the ingredients mm-hmm. of the vaccine. Personally, I'm allergic to penicillin. Every time I go to a doctor, they give me medicine. And after asking them, does it contain penicillin? If they say yes, they swap it for something that's non-penicillin. So right now, I'm nervous because no one has no health personnel. When I ask them this question, they can't give me an answer. Mm. So I can't risk, you know, when I don't have issues, the next thing I am allergic to penicillin. Does this vaccine have penicillin? Dr. Lessels? No, so, so, so none of the vaccines contain penicillin, certainly. I mean, penicillin, as you know, is a, is a drug that we use for, for treatment as an antibiotic. So, so vaccines are different from, from drugs that we use for treatment. And, and what we know, actually, is that um, there's not really any crossover with, with, with people that may have um, allergy to, to common things like penicillin and and getting an allergic response to to the vaccine. And and there's lots of reassuring data now from South Africa um, that that, um, the risk of of a serious um, allergic response um, is, 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 is low. Um, and 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 what would be sensible in your case would be I, I don't know if you have a regular GP or or a specialist, but but it would be sensible for you to 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 have a chat with your with your doctor uh, before before going for vaccination. Failing that, then then ask to see one of the nurses at the vaccination site and just have a chance to discuss uh, discuss your 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 own circumstances mm. and and your your worries and and they will they will deal with that and handle that because that that's something that they're now very very used to so i I would encourage you to to do that okay dr lessels we are completely out of time the hour is up Uh, thank you so much for joining us today and for uh, taking the questions from our listeners i certainly hope that it's helped bring some form of clarity for many of us who have all sorts of different questions on this matter and we'll continue to revisit Uh, the issue of COVID-19 at least once a month uh, during our health talk segment. That's where we wrap it up for today on the Talking Point. It's over to Sakina Kamwendo on the update at noon.